love of God has been revealed. Love's light pierced the darkness. Love, love's echo resounded. By revelation and constellation, God revealed, first to Mary, then to Joseph, then to local shepherds around Bethlehem, and then to those astrologically fixated men from far away, love's arrival was made known. Love appeared to Simeon and Anna at the temple. They had been waiting. Rumors of love appeared to kings, and they responded with pride and rage. Love breathed and cried. Love walked and talked. Love learned and taught. Love confounded his earthly parents when he recognized who his true father was. Purest love born of purest love. The skin, the eyes, the hair, the hometown, the work, everything seemed to point to the fact that love was just a regular man. Those from Nazareth were unwilling to see the love that was right before them, what, was, what love was, who love was. Love had come to set free, to heal the sick and the blind, and to proclaim the good news. Purest love had come to shout and to whisper to all who would listen, love is real, love is here, love is now, Love is me. Love is God. Love is for you. And love lived amongst his creation, gone awry. The lame, the broken, the beggars, the disenfranchised, the marginalized, the self-righteous, the proud, those who needed love and had never known, and those who never acknowledged their need to be loved. Love spoke the words of life to those who could barely live themselves. And love died. This love, housed in fleshly form, gave up that form after being brutally rejected. But love, by the power of the God of love, rose, victorious over every evil and every hate, every apathy and every war, every battle of the mind and the heart and the soul. And through this love, the people of the God of love have become more than conquerors, even more the people of God of love have known God. It is the love of God that was made manifest amongst us. This is it, that God sent his only son into the world, that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that God loved us first and sent his son to be an offering for our sin. This day is not simply about a man who happened to be loving. This day is about love, true, pure Undiluted love, unassuming love, the love that came as an infant whose life and death and resurrection has changed the world.
Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm Pastor Mark, and uh, I get to spend uh, the last uh, 10, 15 minutes with you guys uh, sharing a little bit about the Christmas story, and then I'm also going to share with you one of my all-time favorite Christmas stories, and then we're going to go out uh, singing one of the greatest unrecognized Christmas songs, in my opinion, ever. So that's uh, what we're going to be doing for the rest of the evening. And I was thinking about this, and uh, Christmas, when you kind of really just kind of strip everything away, really comes down to uh, five words. When love comes to town. When love comes to town. And I wanted to spend a few just minutes just kind of unpacking each and every one of those words. When, you know, this kind of this anticipation of time, right? It's like, I don't know if you have kids, but, but you know, that's a constant question. When is this going to happen? When are we going to be there? You know, when are we going to open the stockings? When are we going to, uh, you know, uh, open the presents? When are we going to eat? And at my house, the, the answer to that question is always the same when I'm done with my coffee. You know, when, when, when. And all from, you know, the, the story of God from the, the fall of, of man, the question was when. Was the Messiah going to come? And tonight we celebrate the eve of the answer to that question. And if you look in Luke chapter 2, the announcement was given by the angel. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The when, in when love comes to town, is now. We have the opportunity to have God with us to, to celebrate the Messiah to be able to come and experience the reconciliation of love. And that is the next word is love. When love, and, and a lot of times I think that in our culture, that love has been so diluted, that, that love is, is thrown away like some cheap offhanded comment or, or yeah, I love you, love you, you know, all this kind of stuff. But love, love when it is pure, love is based in a deep commitment of relationship. Love implies sacrifice. And when love comes to town, love was not just an offhanded comment. It wasn't just kind of a concept, but it was a sacrifice that was, that was born from a deep longing for God to be reunited with his creation. See, God is a God of relationship. Everything that is relational is from God. What we think of when we think of, a, of the beauty of a relationship, and that beauty is manifested and is an echo 
of the beauty of, of our God. You see, God is a God of relationship. God is, is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he had to sacrifice that eternity of perfect relationship for the Son to come, to break that perfect union, to be here on earth. That's why in John 3.16, John wrote, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And that love was born in sacrifice. When love comes to town, the next word comes. You know, this idea of, you know, arrival. This idea of, of why do you come? Why did you come tonight? Why, why do we go places? And why did God come? And Jesus answers this for us in, in John 10.10 10, that, that Jesus says, look, the, the thief comes to rob and to kill and to steal, but I come to give you a rich and satisfying life. The Greek there is parasos. Now, this understanding of abundance that transcends the circumstance that we are in. In John chapter 17, John records Jesus' words this, Jesus says, now I'm coming to you. I have told them things while I was here so that they would be filled with my joy. This word fill is this understanding of, of overflowing, of, of, of this joy that transcends. And this is why God came to be with us is so that we could experience the joy of having a relationship with him. And then finally, when love comes to town, town, what is, what is town? And I think that this is the most beautiful thing. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the angels proclaims, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that really is Christmas, isn't it? Christmas is Emmanuel. Christmas is God with us. And this, this word with is so powerful. It changes everything, doesn't it? Eric was talking about God with us is different than just God. With changes everything. If we are walking around in a, in a crowd and you're lost and I walk up to you, I say, hey, you're with me. Or if you are walking into a business, busy restaurant and the maitre d' says, hey, here's a seat. Say, I need two because she is with me. Or how about a woman who is with child? With is a transcending idea and that is what that Christmas is all about is God with us. Not a God who is separated, but in our presence. Not because we came to him, but he came to us. And this idea of when love comes to town, that love is God, God with us. Now, this is a concept that's rejected by a lot of people, right? Right? maybe even by you here tonight. 
this idea of the incarnation of, of God as man, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you. And one of the kind of the childhood memories, you know, we all have our Christmas traditions, and one of, one of mine growing up and remembering is Paul Harvey. You know Paul Harvey? the late, great Paul Harvey, and what he would do is he would read this story that I'm going to read for you at the closing broadcast before Christmas each and every year. Paul Harvey writes, The man to whom I'm going to introduce you to was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family, upright in his dealings with other men. But he just didn't believe all of this incarnation stuff churches proclaimed during Christmas time. It just didn't make sense. And he was to be honest, and it would be dishonest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife on Christmas Eve, but I am not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he would feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay at home, but that he would wait up for them. And so he stayed as they went to the midnight worship gathering. Shortly after the family drove away in the car, the snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries get heavier and heavier, and then he went back to his fireside chair to read the newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, then another, then another, sort of a thump or a thud. At first, he thought it must be some kids in the neighborhood throwing snowballs against the living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. They'd been caught in the storm And in a desperate search for shelter, they had tried to fly through his large landscape window. Well, he couldn't let the poor creatures freeze to death. So so he remembered the barn where his children stored their pony. That That would provide warm shelter if he could just get the birds to it. Quickly, he put on his coat, his galoshes, and trampled through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened up the doors wide and turned on the light, but the birds did not come. So he hurried back to the house, and he fetched some bread, and he broke off the bread and made a little crumb trail to the barn. But the birds would not go. He decided that he would try to make a ruckus and scare them to safety. So he wove his arms up and down, but the birds would just scatter in every direction except 
toward the safety of the lighted barn. Then he realized these birds were afraid. They were afraid of him. To them he reasoned, I must be a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they could trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, but I am trying to help them. But how? Because any movement he made terrified them and confused them, and they just would not follow. They would not go toward the barn because they were afraid of him. He finally thought, if only I could be a bird, and if I could mingle with them and talk with them and tell them not to be afraid, then I could show them the way to the safe and warm barn. But I would have to be one of them for, in order for them to see so they could hear, so they could understand. At that moment, the church bells rang out and played the beautiful melody of Silent Night. And he realized what had just happened. And he fell to his knees in recognition of Emmanuel. As beautiful as this story is, I think it's even more beautiful. You see, God did not open up a barn for us. But he opened up the window. That God has prepared a place in his life, in his home, in his space, and has invited us in. And he loved us so much that he came to be with us so that we would not be afraid but we would finally understand and realize that he loved us and he desired for us to have a relationship with him. When love comes to town, Emmanuel, God with us. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for making yourself known to us. Thank you for becoming love in the flesh. To coming and pointing to us and saying that we are with you and you are with us. We thank you for that opportunity and we thank you for that celebration of when love came to town.